Let's go ahead and turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 1, when you have it, rest on your feet so I know you have it. I'm going to be going from the ESV Bible. I believe it's English Standard Version. So, so once you have it, go ahead and stand on your feet so we can um, go ahead and read it. Amen. Acts chapter 1, starting at verse number 12. It says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, or Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you. I sing glory to your name, O Lord, glory to your name, O Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing honor to your name, O Lord. Honor to your name, O Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we should ask anything, that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Father, we pray unto you because there is no other name under heaven that 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 men could be saved and men could be delivered. So we pray unto you because you're our Abba Father. There is none like you in all the earth. Only you can heal and deliver and make free. We thank you, Lord, that we get a chance to come before an awesome God and pray and just love on you. We pray that we be a people of prayer, a people of honor and integrity, God. Father, be with us in this service, Lord. Be with us in this word. Allow this word to go forth and do what it do. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you take your seats, look at somebody and say, are you devoted to prayer? Come on, look at somebody else. Say, are you devoting to prayer? All right, go ahead and have a seat. Are you devoting to prayer? Um, I looked up the word devoted, and it says 
appropriated by thou. I've I've said something to God and I can't take it back. I vowed something. Um, And it says solemnly set apart and dedicated. It says consecrated. And one of my um, favorites, it says addicted. (laughs) Anybody addicted to something or someone or God himself. The Hebrew noun used to denote exclusive dedication of something to God is harem, H-E-R-E-M. The root idea is separation and exclusion. So I'm devoting myself. I'm devoting myself in prayer. We can be, and most times we are, devoted uh, to all sorts of things. (laughs) A good devotion is if you're married um, and you are devoted to your spouse. That's one of those good type of devotions that you have. Um, A bad devotion is, um, like Mike alluded to, um, to be devoted to a sports team, i.e. the cowgirls or the cowboys. To be devoted to a team that always slaps you in the face. Dasha, I'm on your roll. Because she loves the Cowboys. (laughs) Or it could be um, um, USC and Pastor Love's uh, um, University of South Carolina. But every now and then, mostly every now, they slap him in the face. But he is devoted, even when... It would be more convenient to just slip on over to the tiger paw. It would be convenient, but he's devoted even though it's slapping him in the face. But he, <laughs> he says, baby, get my car ready. Make sure the engine's going. I may have to run out of here. <laughs> so, so being devoted is not saying I get it right. All the time. But devotion is saying, I'm dropping anchor and I ain't going nowhere. That's what devotion is saying. It says, I'm staying here for the long haul. We are devoted to a lot of things that don't matter much. A football team or basketball, that that don't matter much. It has no bearing on where my soul is going to spend eternity. It has no bearing on whether or not someone is healed or someone is delivered or someone has salvation preached to them. has no bearing on that. But are we devoted to prayer? We have to be what uh, someone says to be intentional about prayer. When you're devoted, you're intentional about it. When you're devoted, you have set a time saying, I'm going to I'm going to pray to God today. And most people who who are devoted about something, they have sort of a ritual about doing it. They say five o'clock in the morning, I'm getting up and I'm praying. Ain't nothing going to stop me because I'm devoted So um, the book of Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says men ought to always pray and what? Not faint, not get weary. Men ought to always 
pray. You have to pray. I, I know it's an arduous process sometimes, getting on your knees. If, if, you, if you still get on your knees, some people just walk around, but that's all right. Whatever you do to pray, go ahead and pray. It says men ought to always pray. It didn't say um, what type of posture you had to be in, whether you had to be on your knees or you had to be standing up or, 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 um, or, or, or you couldn't be laying down. But it says men ought to always pray and not faint. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. That's all it says. It says don't stop praying. I know some of us haven't gotten um, um, the word that we need. Some of us haven't gotten the answers that we need. But the thing about it is, is don't stop praying. Prayer is um, not a glorious thing. Nor does it bring any, um, the, the, um, the correct vernacular for the young people would say, it don't bring no church cred. <laughs> Prayer don't bring no church cred. And, and, no, and, and it don't bring any church credibility to the one who is praying. To be brutally honest, most church people, but not all, listen to this, can care less about prayer and being devoted to prayer. James chapter 5 verse 16 part B the B clause says this the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man it avails much we we do understand that there is power in prayer but most people believe um, that the sacrifice to pray is not worth the benefit of praying They don't believe that the sacrifice of praying is worth the benefit of me praying. It's not worth me getting up in the morning. It's not worth me um, um, putting aside TV and saying, God, I'm seeking your face. Regardless of what's going on, God, I'm devoting myself to prayer. I'm getting in there because I'm tired of where I am. Prayer. Glory to God. Prayer causes you to lose yourself. I don't know if you have really come encounter or, or come in contact with a person really praying. They lose themselves. If you're really praying, it's hard for you to be angry at somebody. It's hard for you to harbor hatred in your heart for somebody. If, you, if you're truly praying, It's hard for you to to have unforgiveness in your belly if you really praying. Prayer causes you to lose yourself and trust God in the most inopportune times. The Bible says that um, that, that God or, or Jesus called Peter out and said, Peter, I want you to go ahead and walk on the water. Peter went and walked on the water, but then he saw everything that was going on around him, and then he beginning to sink. The Bible says that he prayed out or he called out or he cried out, Jesus, save me. So sometimes you got to pray in the midst of inopportune times when it's not convenient. It's, it would be more convenient for him to, to, to look for something else. But he said, no, the only one that can really save me is Jesus. Acts chapter 1 verse 12 says, Then they returned to Jerusalem. From the Mount called Olivet. Well, 
I think it would probably be inappropriate to start there. So let us just do a recap of what Mike talked about on last week. Last week, Mike so educatedly, scholarly, <laughs> taught us about some of the history in the book of Acts. He, he let us know that Luke, the physician, that he was most likely the writer of the book of Acts. He says um, he said that the because the writing style was so similar that that um, people really can't refute whether or not Luke did write it because Luke wrote, of course, the book entitled Luke. And then Mike said that 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 Acts was just simply just a sequel to the book of Luke or it was just um, an addition or, or, or the second part of the book of Luke. And Mike said that waiting in Jerusalem until the disciples had power was the essential ingredient of the future of their success. You have to wait in Jerusalem so that they can get power first before they moved out. After this, um, we saw that the angels um, appeared in white and, and the disciples marveled as Christ was ascended into glory and covered by the clouds and they couldn't see him no more. And then Mike said one more thing. He said, um, um, when they looked up, the, the angel said, um, you didn't got to worry about that because the same way that he came, he, he went up, he's going to come back down. But Mike said, um, you can't just stop there in the posture of just looking at what Jesus is doing. Because now Jesus essentially has passed the baton to you and you have to start doing something now. Now it's your time to get into the race because Jesus had run his race already. And then now he passed the baton to you. Now it's your time to take the baton and run. But you can't run effectively. Listen to this. Mike said this. You can't run effectively unless you have the Holy Ghost. Unless you have the power of the Holy Ghost. So now we find our way back to Acts chapter 1, verse 12. Then they return to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And it's so strategic on God's part that... He put where the ascension of Christ was right where it was because um, it was a Sabbath day's journey away. Listen, if you don't know what a Sabbath day journey is, it's less than a half a mile. And it said this, this is very key, it says, the distance to which, according to Jewish tradition, it was allowable to travel on the Sabbath day without violating the law. You didn't understand. Let me read this one more time. Listen, he strategically put him there because it was allowable to travel on the Sabbath day without violating the law for a certain parameter or a certain distance. So the distance where they were, they weren't going to be violating the law when they had to go back to the upper room or had to go back to Jerusalem. It's kind of like when people said, um, you know, they were, all, they were on the Mount of Olivet and then they had to go to Jerusalem. 
But it's kind of like saying, you know, you're in North Myrtle Beach, but I want you to go to, you know, um, Myrtle Beach or, or um, something similar to that or, or um, Carolina Forest to Myrtle Beach. And, you know, it's very, it's very small distances that they were talking about. But, but you would think if you casually read it that it was a far distance and they had to travel and go, go different places. But they just went a Sabbath day's journey, which was just a half a mile. But the thing about it is, is they were obedient to what God said. And in your obedience, you can get what God says. So verse 13 says this. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. And this upper room sort of reminds you of um, the large room that Jesus had taken, um, taken them boys to um, when they were doing the Passover or the Last Supper. Um, the Bible says, I believe it was in the book of Luke also, um, Luke chapter 22. It says that Jesus told um, Peter and he told John, he said, I want you boys to go ahead and go to this city, go to Jerusalem. And then you're going to see somebody with a pitcher. He's going to have a pitcher of water. And then once that guy has a pitcher of water, I want you to follow him and go with him to his house. You know, in these days, I don't know if Jesus could give a a message like that to somebody because people think you're stalking if you start doing that. Because he said, I want you to go to the person. But Jesus knows what he's talking about. That's the difference. He knew that the person wasn't going to feel offended, thinking somebody chasing him and looking around his shoulder. He said, the person with the picture, he was specific about it. Person with the picture of what I want you to go to him and go follow him into the house. And then when you go to the house, I want you to um, go to the master or to the owner of the house. And then once you go to this owner, I want you to tell the owner, um, where are the guest chambers? And tell the, tell the owner that I want to do my Passover or my last supper there and then get stuff ready. So this is what happens now. And then what is, what is, what is just so awesome is after the last supper, Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane to pray. And the garden of Gethsemane, I'm trying to. Um, tell you where in relationship they were. The Mount Olivet and the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of Gethsemane was at the foot of the Mount of Olivet. So it was right at the foot of it. So he was at the foot of Mount, of, um, Mount Olivet. He was praying unto God at this particular time. And let's go to Matthew chapter 26. Since we're talking about prayer. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. And the Bible says this. It says, then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. So now just to set it up for you. Now, um, all, I believe, 11 disciples are there with him. And he's telling them, he says, I want you to sit here while I go over there and pray. Okay, now I'm, I'm here. I'm going with Jesus. 
He's telling me to stay here, and he's going just a little further and going to pray. And taking, listen to here, and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, or they call them the sons of thunder or, or James and John. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. You see, um, James, John, and Peter, they had no sort of like um, excuse of the mission that they were going towards. Because he said this, he says, in the beginning, he says, sit here. Remember, he told all the disciples, 11 of them, sit here while I go over there and pray. So they already knew, the whole 11 knew that, they, that he was going over there and praying. But when he, before he went over there, he said, James, John, and Peter, come on with me. So James, John, and Peter knew that the mission was, I'm going over here to pray. I'm not going over here to twiddle my thumbs. I'm not going over here to do all sorts of stuff. My mission over there is to support him in prayer. So um, as you read more, you begin to understand, well, what was wrong with these boys? They knew the mission already was to go over there and support him in prayer or to watch him while he prayed. Because certain things God um, would put out there so that you can see it, so that there can be evidence, so that someone can write the story. Somebody had to write the story. Somebody had to understand and know what was going on. You see, there are certain things that, that um, goes on in your life. People see them purposely. They purposely see your mess ups. And then while they see your mess ups, they're going to God is going to make sure that they see your comeback. It's all for the glory of God. I'm trying to do this um, phone thing, phone Bible thing, but I'm I'm, I'm working at y'all <laughs> and talking with Peter or excuse me and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them. My soul, he said to them, who? James, John, and Peter. My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Stay right here, but I want you to watch what's going on. God has us sometimes in a posture of watching of seeing what's right and seeing what's going on to seeing how do you pray? How do you, how do I really warfare in prayer? He says, because you boys are going to have to do this and I'm almost out of here. So I need to teach you something so that when you going through and your back is up against the wall, you know how to intercede and pray and, and really go before God. So he says, watch what I'm about to do. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. I know that there's a lot of that, but I'm not going to go there. That's not the intent. And he came to the disciples, verse 40, and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation? The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
Isn't it something when um, you've devoted yourself to prayer and the ones who are with you aren't as devoted as you are? It's something when you have taken someone and you expect them to be just as devoted as you. You know, it might be some family members. It might be some friends. It might be some close people. You expect them to be as devoted as you. It sort of makes you question their commitment and their desire. What do you do when someone is not as devoted as you? Well, you do as Jesus did. Jesus, he went a little further and a little deeper into prayer. Because, listen to this, my devotion is not dependent upon what anyone else does or does not do. Being devoted to God is not dependent upon whether or not um, Michelle is devoted. It's not dependent upon that. My devotion is me being devoted unto the cause. Verse number 42. My baby got this thing locked up. Okay. Mike, do we have another mic? My baby's going to have to read for me. This thing keep turning off. It says, again for the second time, he went away. Listen, again for the second time, he went away and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass until I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were very heavy. You think it to yourself, man, you know, you know, you know what the mission was, and they and they fell asleep again. Ain't, ain't that like us sometimes? You know, we, you know, um, we purpose to do the right thing. You know, we 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 said, I'm okay, I'm being devoted to pray. I'm I'm going, I'm gonna get up at five o'clock and five o'clock you like you know, it's 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 a process, and sometimes it hurts, and sometimes it's, a, it's, it's bad. But, but, but the thing about it is, is Jesus wasn't mad with them, but rather understood they hadn't arrived to the place in prayer that they needed to be at yet. You cannot, listen to this, you cannot make someone devoted to your devotion until it's a benefit for, for them. They won't be devoted. Unless it's a benefit for me directly, I'm not going to be devoted. You can tell me all day long to be devoted to this and to be devoted to that. But until I see the benefit for me, I'm not going to be devoted. That's still your cause. It's not really my cause. I haven't taken it to be my cause yet because it hasn't been personal to me yet. It's not that they're bad people. It's that that they haven't seen the significance of being devoted. Here, baby, pick it up with um, verse number 44. We'd like to hear your voice anyway. (laughs) Verse 44. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, Mm -hmm. saying the same words again. Listen, stop right there. (laughs) Many people think in prayer you have to do such a certain thing or have a 
certain words formulated the right way or saying a whole bunch of different stuff. You're like, well, I'm praying, but I'm not praying for nothing different, you know. And, and then you get bored with your prayer. You're thinking your prayer has no power because it's the same thing. Oh, I seem like I'm praying the same thing over and over. God, I love you. I bless you. I praise you. You know, thank you for the day. I give you glory. You know, I pray for such and such, such and such. And then, you know, you know, it's over and you think, you know, that it's nothing. But read that again. What did it say? So leaving them again, he uh-huh. went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. <laughs> Listen. He went, uh, he went the third time. He said the same words that he said the first time. He went again the second. He said the same words that he said the second time. He didn't change um, his prayer. He didn't change his prayer. I'm praying to God. I'm not praying to nobody. I'm not trying to impress nobody. Many people still trying to impress people in prayer. You, who am I? I'm just a man like you. Don't try to impress me. You try to impress God. God, I need you. I want you. I love you. God, help me to get out of this mess that I found myself in. Then tomorrow, God, I love you. I need you. I bless you. I praise you. Help me to get out of the stuff I found myself in. You know, you know, the thing about it is you don't have to change your prayer because you're thinking it's the same old thing and it's stale. No, it's, it's about your heart. It's a heart matter when you're praying unto God. And the thing about it is when Jesus prayed unto his father, his heart was right. He said the same thing, but his heart was right each and every time. Go ahead, Rebe. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Okay, that's all I needed there. Um, go to um, Acts, since I got you now. Go, go to Acts chapter 1 and verse, read verse 14. And I know we got the babies in here. We're about, we about to wrap it up. Acts 1 and 14, ESV. Mm-hmm. All these with one accord were devoting themselves into okay. prayer. Okay, stop right there. It says, all these with one accord. First of all, they were in one accord. And that's, the, that's one of the most um, special ingredients that you have to have, whether it's in a marriage or relationship or with a friendship or with a church body itself. You have to be on one accord. If you're not on one accord, you're really not going to go anywhere because you're in. If you're not in one accord, you can stand up right, right quick. D. The thing about it is, if me and D supposed to be walking together and then I go ahead and go like this, you know, we're not on one accord. I'm just we're going in opposition to each other. You have to be on one accord, even when it comes down to prayer. That's why it's so important for us to make it into the assembly of the saints because when we find ourselves in the assembly of the saints we know how to pray we know what to pray for we know what's ailing us in the body because if you're not here you're not going to know what's going on you're not going to know how to pray you don't know what the body needs 
So when you're here, guess what? You understand and you see, okay, this, this is what's needed. This is what's going on. Okay, so let's pray. And then when we pray, we're going to be on one accord. Although you're going to be somewhere in, in Little River, I'm going to be in, in Myrtle Beach. And, um, and Pastor and I'm going to be in um, North Myrtle Beach. Guess what? We're still saying the same language. That's the one accordness that they're on. They're saying the same language, the language of prayer. So it says all these with one accord were devoting. And I like the way that they put devoting. And they didn't put devoted. <sighs> devoting is a process. You continually getting better. I don't, I don't get it right all the time, but I'm devoting myself to prayer. You know, yesterday I didn't get it right. <laughs> I didn't get it right in prayer. You know, I meant to. We, we have the best intentions on going into prayer. But how many know life happens? <laughs> she said, comes at you fast. But the thing about it is, is if I mess up on that day, I got to get up and say, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm still devoting myself to prayer. That don't exclude me from the promises of God because I messed up on yesterday. I dust myself off and say, God, I'm going into prayer again. Because sometimes what we do is we beat ourselves up and we get ourselves down because, oh, we didn't get a ride yesterday. I was supposed to read, but... I guess I ain't going to read today. And then we, we get into a cycle of that. And then we stop reading. We stop praying. And then, lo and behold, we find ourselves slipping further and further back. Further and further back. But God doesn't want that. God wants us to what? Devoting ourselves, continually getting better at this prayer thing. Because prayer is a beast. It is tough. <laughs> Tell them, baby, it's tough to pray sometimes, especially when stuff is going on. It's tough to pray. Listen, prayer is not for the squeamish. Prayer is not for the soft. Prayer is not for the weak. Prayer is for some strong people that says, okay, I'm, I'm going in prayer. Prayer, you got to go with your camouflage on and your, and, your, and, your, and, your, and, your, and your fatigue zone. If you don't come ready to pray, guess what? It's going to eat you up. In a, and listen, in a matter of a couple of minutes, you're going to find yourself <sighs> sleepy. And I'm, t I'm telling you how to pray. When you pray, sometimes you got to get up and knock that monkey off your back and say, I'm going to pray. I'm intentional. I'm devoting myself to prayer. Yeah. And if you don't devote yourself to prayer, guess what? You're going to be in the same thing next week. It's going to be the same thing over and over again. But we're devoting ourselves to prayer. Go ahead. What does it say, babe? Together with the women and Mary, mm. the mother of Jesus and so, his brothers. So they're letting us know that this is not just a man thing. Come on. Come on. It says together with the women Amen. in prayer. So um, especially... You husbands, come on, grab your baby's hand and lead him in prayer. Dad, you talking about, uh, okay, the baby's here. You talking about some stuff? When you lead your baby in prayer, she'll come out praying like this, like, I'm telling you, talking about a tiger? Woo! Shut your mouth. Keep on talking, boy. The 
I'm telling you, when you take the, your, your wife into prayer, sometimes, um, guess what, wives, when you see your husband look down, what you do is take him into prayer. Sometimes you, can, you just got to lay his head on your, lay your head on your bosom and, and guess what, pray for him. And then, and then, and then as you pray, and he's receiving strength. It's something about when you are in one accord and you're praying. And, and, and when it's just not men praying or women praying, but you coming together and saying, I'm praying. And it's a purpose about our praying. It says, and then he says, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. So this prayer thing, you cannot leave your family out. Your family is an is a integral part of praying and praying success. If you want to be successful, pray for your family. Yes. Making sure you're lifting up your family. Pray, making sure your, your family is praying right alongside of you. Amen. You can't leave your family out. Say, hey, we're praying. We're praying. Come on, find yourself in prayer. Mama, I love you. I, I, I love you too much to, to, to leave you out of prayer. Dad, I love you too much to leave you out of prayer. Come on, let's just pray. Let's pray right quick, 15 minutes or, or 15 seconds, or, you know, 20 seconds. Mom, I just, I, just, I, just want, I just want to pray with you. Or brother, I just want to pray with you. Sister, I want to pray with you. It's power in prayer. Don't leave your family members out there. Even if you think that they're praying, guess what? It's okay to pray with them again. It says, marry the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So these people or these disciples didn't really devote themselves to prayer um, on their own accord. They knew that there was a promise. There is a promise still for us when we get into prayer. There are promises from God straight for us when we get into prayer. God is saying, I have some things for you. I have some things in store for you. It's, it is only unlocked when you're in prayer. When you've devoted yourself to something, nothing else matters. <laughs> I'm going to say this and then, and then we're going to get out of here. When I've devoted myself to my wife, ain't nothing there. Ain't, ain't, ain't none of these Delilahs matter. It don't matter. You can come sashaying, perfuming, you know. I'm telling you, because when you're devoting, listen, when you're devoting, you, you listen, every day you ain't going to get it right. Because there's going to be something that's making you like, oh, like, oh, God. But the thing about it is, is you're devoting, constantly reminding yourself, this is, this is mine. This is what I'm devoting myself to. You're devoting yourself. When, it's, when you're devoted yourself to something, nothing else matters. Don't matter to me. I, I, I know a football game coming on. But just like Mike was saying in the beginning, it don't matter. I'm not putting that. I'm not having no idol gods. I'm not having nothing above my relationship with the Lord. Everyone, please stand on your feet. And God is saying, I wonder, can, can God find such a people that would be devoting themselves to prayer as these people were? I'm going to be devoting myself to prayer. 
And when you are devoting yourself into prayer, you change. Things change about you. Your attitude changes. Your 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 your, your person changes. You know, um, um, things that would normally get you rattled, get you all shaky. It, it won't get you like that anymore. Of course, there's going to be some things that's going to be like, oh, my goodness. You know, but then it's going to kick into prayer because prayer is going to be your, your, your option. It's going to be your lifeline. Let us pray to our God. And if you're standing next to someone, just go ahead and hold, hold your neighbor's hand. If, you, if, 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 if you're able to just hold their hand and, amen. Because guess what? We don't want to leave no one out there. And that's the important thing about prayer. If you see someone by themselves, just say, no, I'm not leaving no one out there. I'm, and that's what they, the disciples didn't do. They didn't leave anyone out there. They said, I'm praying. I'm taking mama with me. I'm taking, taking brothers, aunties, uncles with me. I'm taking brothers and, you know, friends. I'm taking them. And, and you take them all through prayer, the avenue of prayer. And it takes a devotion. It really does. It takes a devoting yourself every day. You're going to have to devote yourself every day. Every day you're going to have to say, okay, I'm intentionally going to have to do better because I really want this relationship with God to be above what it is right now. So let us pray. Father, we thank you. We love you so much, God. Father, we truly do know that there is nothing like prayer because prayer is simply our communication with you. Prayer is is you talking with us and we talking with you and that's, that's your language, God. Your language is faith and prayer. And Father, allow our faith, Lord God, to be intermingled with our prayer or our prayer to be intermingled with our faith, God. Father, we we really want to do this thing for real. We want to be devoting ourselves in prayer because we know prayer changes things. Father, we see so many things within our nation that's just not right, God. But Father, we're devoting ourselves to prayer. Father, things got to change, and it it starts with us in the body of Christ. Us devoting ourselves, just like them young men that were in the upper room, Lord. They were devoting themselves to prayer. They were devoting themselves, and once they started really devoting themselves, the power of the Holy Spirit fell on them, and they were able to do awesome things. So, Father, allow the power of the Holy Spirit to fall on us, even as we devoted ourselves. Father, we desire you. Father, be with us throughout this week, Lord. As we go forth, Lord, help us to be more like you, God. We love you so much. We honor you. We respect you, Lord. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion and power both now henceforth and forevermore it's all in jesus name do we pray amen go ahead and hug your neighbor let them know you love them